Welcome to the ET Considers Everything podcast for Monday, September 9th, 2019. This is also episode number 20 of the ET Considers Everything podcast. and never thought I would make it here to 20 episodes, but we have made it. And it's a blessing to be able to talk with you all each week or bi-weekly about what's going on, not only in my life, but what's going on and, you know, around the campus of UVA Wise with athletics, what's going on in the world of wrestling, what's going on in the world of sports and everything in general. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, let's go ahead and get going with this podcast. This past weekend, the UVA Wise Highland Cavaliers defeated the Chowan University Hawks 40-22 to in their home opener at Carl Smith Stadium on Saturday on the strength of a 91-yard punt return for a touchdown by Demetrius Mann and an 84-yard fumble return for a touchdown by Keyshawn Jarrett. Tanner Bernard also had two touchdown passes in his game, in this game. Also, Terrence Lambert had a rushing touchdown and Seth Phillips had a receiving touchdown. So really, it was a well-balanced, well-oiled machine for the Cavaliers this past Saturday to open the 2019 season in style with a victory. Next weekend, on Saturday, they will go to Cookville, Tennessee at Tucker Stadium to take on the Tennessee Tech Golden Eagles of the FCS. That game will begin at 7 p.m. Eastern, with pregame coverage beginning at 6.30 p.m. Eastern on The Voice of the Cavaliers, 92.5 WLSD Radio, and you can listen to it on WLSDRadio.com. So it's going to be a fantastic weekend of Cavalier football, and we'll see what takes place this upcoming weekend. But first, tomorrow, it will be the UVA Wise Coaches Show, and we'll be having an interview with, I believe, the UVA Wise women's volleyball coach, Kristen Salyer. She'll be on there tomorrow, along with Coach Dane Dameron, to recap what took place this past Saturday in the UVA Wise Highland Cavaliers home opener for the 2019 college football season and what he expects out of his team moving forward for the rest of the year and uh, what this great start means to his kids and the players in general. This is a uh, great start to the 2019 season for the Cavs last year. It was a, a tough start for us. We uh, didn't pick up the victory in the opening contest on a Thursday night and we had many weather delays with a lightning storm and rain game went over with to about 11 30 p.m and uh glenville state defeated uva wise by score 17 to 7 on that opening night last year but we redeem ourselves this year so we pick up the victory over the chuan university hawks 40 to 22 going to play the tennessee tech golden eagles next saturday in cookville tennessee we had a wonderful weekend of college football as well. Two marquee matchups took place this weekend as number one Clemson defeated number 12 Texas A&M by a score of 24 to 10. And this was a great game, great back and forth contest, defensive effort by both sides and a uh, better offensive output for the Clemson Tigers as they pick up the victory. Uh, Trevor Lawrence had a very good game, two touchdown passes and uh, had over 50 rushing yards, I believe over 250 passing yards as well. So a good balanced attack for the uh, Clemson offense 
and a strong showing by the defense as well. I believe they had four sacks of the quarterback for Texas A&M. They uh, forced a couple turnovers and really played a great all-out effort. So congratulations to Clemson. They moved to 2-0. They will take on Syracuse this upcoming Saturday at the Carrier Dome. Also, we had the number... Six LSU Tigers defeat the number nine Texas Longhorns by a score of 45 to 38. Fantastic performance by the LSU Tigers on the road. And uh, this was a statement game, really, for LSU. They went down to Texas and uh, to have a marquee matchup. This was the first time that these two teams had met in the regular season since 1954. So, uh, really unique opportunity for these two to play and it's good to see them have this matchup i'd like to see it happen more often it's a uh, closer rivalry game with lsu being in baton rouge and texas being in austin it's really a game that you could have you know every few seasons if you want to do a home and home and uh, both schools could benefit very well from it you know both these atmospheres for Texas Longhorns and the LSU Tigers, you know, LSU being at Death Valley and and uh, Texas being in Austin and having a uh, big-time crowd there is uh, very uh, instrumental and very complimentary to both sides. So a uh, great college football game Saturday and in Austin. Their LSU quarterback had over uh, – 350 yards passing and four touchdowns in the game. Just a, a fantastic performance. And it's going to be interesting to see how Texas responds. LSU will move on to face Northwestern State this Saturday night. And Texas, I believe, will face Rice this upcoming weekend. So um, both these teams coming off of a huge atmosphere game against one another. Now they won't uh, have a big-time opponent against each other. They'll get to play each other. So we'll see what's going to happen between LSU and Texas for the rest of the year. Uh, number four, Ohio State defeated Cincinnati by a score of 42 to nothing over the weekend. At uh, number seven, Michigan had a f- dog fight with Army, ended up defeating them in two overtimes by a score of 27 to 24. Really impressed by the Army team here. They went up to Ann Arbor, gave, gave, uh, Michigan everything that they wanted in a college football game and really kind of took Michigan off their uh, feet there and really brought everything to the fight and to the forefront. But Michigan ends up hanging on for the victory 27-24 to in two overtimes. So great performance there for Michigan. Speaking of tough performances, I, I don't even know how to really uh, comment about this next one. Um, as many of y'all know, I'm a Tennessee Volunteers fan when it comes to college football, major college football, and I have uh, been patient with this team for a very long time. Um, we've had six losing seasons in the last nine years. Before that, there was a lot of success with Phil Fulmer, obviously, having won a national championship, multiple SEC titles. But that level of program is not evident at Tennessee anymore as BYU defeats Tennessee in Neyland Stadium by a final score of 29-26 in two overtimes. 
They get a late 53-yard reception on third and 10 with under a minute to go to get them inside field goal range down near the Tennessee 20-yard line. They end up kicking a 35-yard field goal to tie the game at 16, force overtime. Juwan Jennings catches a touchdown in overtime, but uh, BYU scores first in the first overtime. That ends up tying the game. Second overtime, Tennessee kicks a field goal to go up 26-23, and then BYU ultimately gets a touchdown to win the contest by a score of 29-26. Tennessee starts 0-2 in a season for the first time since way back in 1988. That is one of the longest streaks in uh, NCAA FBS, and Tennessee broke that streak this Saturday. And You know, a lot of people were saying, well, the Georgia State loss, that is a tough pill to swallow. While it is, no doubt, this loss hurts a whole lot more because Tennessee led throughout the entire contest seemingly in control with their run game, having Freeman and Redmond back in the backfield absolutely doing some great things running the football, having Jawan Jennings uh, have a receiving touchdown, Jared Cordano uh, having a great game at the quarterback position. It was really a great all-around performance until the end, and then BYU ultimately to control the matchup, and they end up winning the game by a final score of 29-26 to in two overtime. So Tennessee starts 0-2. Tennessee will move on this week to, uh, I believe, play Chattanooga. So it would be an interesting game there. Uh, hopefully Tennessee can pick up their first victory. And then BYU moves on to take on a very hungry USC team. That'll be a very interesting game out in Provo. Uh, a rare road game for USC going up against a Mountain West foe in BYU. And that should be a fun contest there. So lots of great college football games to come this weekend. Uh, I mentioned them earlier. Those are some of the major college football games that took place over the weekend. Of course, I... Talked about UVA-wise and Tennessee, my two favorite teams. Talked about Clemson, how they uh, ended up picking up a victory over Texas A&M. LSU ended up picking up a road victory over Texas. And uh, talked about Tennessee as well. So some of the major college football games there. Um, Alabama rolled. Georgia rolled. Um Michigan and Army, that was a close game. I mentioned that one, too. And the college football season will have many tales throughout the year. We'll see that as the weeks go by. And uh, this upcoming weekend, it'll be week number three of the college football season already. And it's kind of hard to believe. When it gets here, you're really anticipating it. You want it to be here. and You're so excited to see it happen. Once it's once it's going, it goes by quicker and quicker, and the football season comes and it goes like it's almost like a snap of the finger. It just happens so quick, but you know it's a uh, lot of fun to keep up with not only local college football with Division Two here for UVA wise, but keeping up with major college football as well. With my team, the Tennessee Volunteers, keeping up with. Um, 
Another team that I like is the number 24 Boise State Broncos and the Bluefield. They uh, ended up beating Marshall Friday night by a score of 14 to 7. Very close game there. BYU or Boise State will take on Portland State this upcoming weekend. So it'll be a uh, fun year, no doubt. I think it's going to be a very competitive year. I don't see there being a outright favorite. If there is right now, in my opinion, opinion, it probably would be Clemson, but you can't count out Alabama, LSU, uh, Georgia, of course, you know, all those being SEC teams, but you can't count out Ohio State, Oklahoma. There's a lot of contenders right now, and the field will be narrowed down here over the next couple months. The First college football playoff rankings, I believe, will come out on October the 29th. I think that's the date for it. Uh, it's a couple of days before Halloween, so still a lot of time between now and then. Obviously, I keep up with the college football AP poll. I think that's the best uh, poll out there to look at before the college football playoff rankings are made available so that's what i'll be using but definitely a great weekend of college football this past weekend no doubt two top 15 matchups with teams that were ranked both in the top 15 going against each other and that was makes for lots of great games there no doubt about it Great weekend of high school football this past weekend as well. Some of the notable game scores. We had Abingdon defeating Gate City by a score of 35-28. Chihuahua defeating J.I. Burton by a score of 45-24. Central defeating Lebanon by a score of 60-21. Patrick Henry defeating Eastside by a score of 60-22. Ridgeview defeating Shelby Valley by a score of 63-27. We also had Holston defeating Twin Springs by a four, score of 43-7. to seven. Hurley defeating Rye Cove 39-6. And we also had uh, Riverheads defeating Glenver by a score of 38-21. to 21. We had Christiansburg defeating Giles 28-13. We also had... Many other great games that took place this past weekend as well. But those are some of the major scores that we had in Southwest Virginia. One that I, I didn't mention uh, was Castlewood. They ended up defeating Honeaker 26 to 24, really in kind of a surprising upset. Um, a lot of people didn't see that coming, including myself. Um, Honeaker defeating Lebanon in the Cold Bowl in week one, 14 to nothing. Um, we're coming in there with a, a lot of momentum. But ultimately, Castlewood picks up the victory in that game, and uh, they do a great job to uh, stifle the momentum of Honeaker and pick up their first victory of the year, 26-24. Notable games in high school football that will be taking place this week include 2-0 Ridgeview at 2-0 Central. That will be the 93-5 WAXM Game of the Week on Friday night. Also, The 2-0 Union Bears will be traveling over to Kentucky to take on the Letcher County Central Cougars at 1-2. That game, I believe, will be taking place at 7-30. So uh, we'll see what takes place there. 
We'll also have Jai Burton traveling down to Five Star Stadium to take on the Lehigh General. Jai Burton enter this, enters the game 0-2. Lehigh enters the game 0-1. We'll have Sullivan South from Tennessee. They are entering the game at 1-2, traveling to Gate City to take on the Gate City Blue Devils, who enter the game at 1-1. And we'll also have Eastside, who are off this week. We'll have uh, Patrick Henry traveling to Hurley in a matchup of 2-0 teams as well. Uh, tough place to play at the cliff. Definitely should be an interesting game there. One and one Honaker traveling to one and one Twin Valley, and much much more to come this upcoming weekend. So, we'll have a complete rundown of scores, analysis, and stats on the Five Star Scoreboard Show coming up this Friday night with myself, as I'll be taking a look at scores across Northeast Tennessee, Southwest Virginia, and Southeast Kentucky. We'll have a rundown of the game of the week from. Aaron Collier, who will be in studio with us during the five-star scoreboard show once he gets back from the game. Hope to have a call in from Corey Sanchez, the color commentator for the Union Bears broadcast on the Voice of the Bears, 92.5 WLSD. And we'll ha probably have a call in from Coach Steve Curran, who is the voice of the Cavaliers. He'll be calling in to talk about the UVA Wise Highland Cavaliers football game this upcoming Saturday at Tennessee Tech. What to expect there. And we'll also probably have a call in from our Roanoke Valley insider, Mr. Steve Muncy. So lots to come on the scoreboard show this upcoming Friday night. Our game will kick off at 7 p.m. between Ridgeview and Central. Scoreboard show immediately after should start around at 9.30, 9.45. And then we'll be taking you all the way to 11 p.m. with scores and analysis from all around the region. So can't wait to be there in the WXM studios Friday night and should be a lot of fun to discuss what takes place in week number three of high school football here in Southwest Virginia, week four in Northeast Tennessee and Southeast Kentucky. It's truly really hard to believe, like I mentioned earlier, how fast football season goes once you get into the swing of it. You really don't realize it when it first starts that you know, hey, the football season's back, this is awesome, and then once it gets going, it just, it's on this spiral and it never stops, and it just keeps on going, going, it just goes by quicker than you ever realize. So, it's going to be a lot of fun to see how the season shapes up. We'll have our first PowerPoint rankings here, probably the first week of October, I believe that's when they will release the first PowerPoint rankings. They usually do it after week five or week six of the high school football season. So I'll definitely uh, keep an eye on that and uh, write them down when they're made available. So should be a lot of fun to uh, discuss what's going to take place between Ridgeview and Central on Friday night. Matchup of two Mountain 7 district teams that are 2-0. and uh, Really for control of the district early on in the season. Should be a fun game there, and one that I'm definitely looking forward to. Um, I, I make my picks away from the scoreboard show. I let people know them, like who I pick, who I think is going to win and stuff. But uh, I won't do it here, um, simply because I want to be unbiased. Um, 
people know, of course, where my allegiance is. I'm a Central Warrior supporter, and I will uh, definitely be cheering them on from the studio on Friday night, trying to upset the Ridgeview Wolf Pack, but... There is no coach in Southwest Virginia, and this then this is not taking away from any of the others. Jacob Cottle at Norton, Travis Turner at Ridgeview, Coach House right down at Gate City, Coach Al Haston at uh, Lehigh, Coach Mike Rhodes down at Eastside. It takes nothing away from any of these coaches, but. The one coach that I have always respected the most in Southwest Virginia football is the head coach of the Ridgeview Wolfpack, and that is Rick Mullins. Um, a lot of people may not know this. I had Rick Mullins um, as a PE teacher when I was younger at J.W. Adams School, and Rick has always been nothing but kind to me, and um, any interaction that we've had. Um, when he moved to Clintwood and became the coach of the Clintwood Green Wave, um, our relationship obviously changed because we didn't get to see each other as much anymore. But I remember going over to Clintwood in 2008 to uh, help keep stats. No, it was 2007, excuse me. 2007. I remember going over in 2007 to keep stats at a Clintwood Green, Green Wave game for Pound. And I was keeping the stats for Pound. And I seen where Coach Crabtree and Coach Mullins were talking to one another. And I came up and had my stat book in my hand. And Coach Mullins came up to me and he said, Are, uh, are you Bubba Ty? I said, yes, I am. He said, I remember when you were just a young man, just half your size, and I was teaching you in PE, and just to see you grow and blossom and to be what you are today, it's a true blessing. And Coach Mullins, I know, probably doesn't remember a lot of that, and you know, even if I brought it up to him, he probably wouldn't remember it, but I do remember it. And that's a moment in time that will always mean a lot to me because he remembered who I was. There's not a lot of men that are going to remember somebody from a different school when they move on. And for him to take the time to truthfully really let me know that I do remember you and that ultimately I'm proud of you and what you have become, that really means a lot. And I doubt Coach Mullins will be able to listen to this, but if he does, um, Coach, I want you to know that I still have that respect for you even to this day. You're one of my favorite guys that I ever got the chance to not only have for a class, but to just have the opportunity to talk to and to speak with 
at the football field and away from it. And I hope I get the chance to run into you again. And um, I just want you to know that I'm very thankful for your friendship. And I hope that I've made you proud. Um, I always told you when I was young that I wanted to get into sports and do something with sports. And I'm kind of living out my dream now. You know, I record my own podcast each week, each week about local sports here in Southwest Virginia, Northeast Tennessee, Southeast Kentucky. Talk about national sports as well. But I am doing the five-star scoreboard show now at 935 WXM each Friday night. And living out my dream of covering sports here locally and I hope that if you get to hear this that you are proud and have a smile on your face so I just wanted to share that personal story with you all I I haven't really had the opportunity to share that with, with anybody except for close family friends and stuff but Um, Rick Mullins will always be a special guy in my heart. And uh, the Ridgeview Wolfpack, you know, the Clintwood Green Wave, that connection, too, will always mean a lot to me. So I wanted to touch on that for a few minutes and when when we were previewing our game of the week here on A35WXM. So there you go, guys. So, without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, I believe we've got some wrestling to talk about now. Coming up this Sunday, it'll be the WWE Clash of Champions event, where we will see the WWE Champion Kofi Kingston defend the WWE Championship against Randy Orton. We'll also see the Universal Champion Seth Rollins defend his Universal Championship against Braun Strowman. More than likely, we will see the United States champion, AJ Styles, defend his championship against Cedric Alexander. We'll also have Intercontinental Champion Shinsuke Nakamura defending his championship against The Miz. We'll have the Raw Tag Team Champions, Seth Rollins and Braun Strowman, defending their titles against the uh, club. Should be a great matchup there. Oh, excuse me, against Bobby Roode and Dolph Ziggler. I don't know why I said the club. My bad. Apologize for that mistake there, ladies and gentlemen. On the SmackDown side of things, SmackDown Tag Team Champions, The New Day, Kofi Kingston and Xavier Woods, they'll be defending their titles against The Revival. Scott Dawson and Dash Wilder. Raw Women's Champion Becky Lynch will defend her championship against Sasha Banks. Meanwhile, SmackDown Women's Champion Bayley will defend her championship against Charlotte Flair. Now, the last two championship matches I mentioned here are uh, very unique and uh, offer a great story. These two women's championship matches consist of each of the four horsewomen. All of them 
have been multiple champions in the past. Three of them have been NXT champions in the past. Charlotte Flair, Sasha Banks, and Bailey. Becky Lynch is the only one that hasn't, but she won both the Raw and SmackDown Women's Championship in the main event of WrestleMania. So there's where she outduels the other others. But um, I think that's a great thing to uh, keep an eye on this Sunday. And uh, I look forward to that. We'll also have uh, Buddy Murphy in a uh, Cruiserweight title match, I believe. And then we'll have Roman Reigns taking on Rowan in a matchup. Of course, we had, we've had the attack storyline on SmackDown. Who's the attacker, all this stuff. So uh, lots of t has uh, taken place there, so... Um, we'll see what takes place. Really hoping it was going to be Roman Reigns against Daniel Bryan, but they ultimately decided not to go with that matchup. So I don't understand why they're not going with the matchup. They could be saving it for a later date. And uh, I think it would make sense if they do. Um, because SmackDown is going to Fox. We could be seeing a changing of the guard here coming up soon. Um, whether it be... Brock Lesnar or Roman Reigns be the WWE champion. Something along those lines I think could very well happen. And we could be seeing a change of the guards for the Universal Championship. Maybe Daniel Bryan jumps ship in this upcoming draft, goes to Raw, and becomes the Universal Champion. There's lots of scenarios that are in place. We'll just have to wait and see what takes place. But those are the major matches that are going to be taking this place this upcoming Sunday at Clash of the Champions at the Spectrum Center in Charlotte, North Carolina. Woo! So there you go, ladies and gentlemen. There's you a rundown of the WWE Clash of Champions event. Monday Night Raw and SmackDown Live will be taking place this week from Madison Square Garden in New York City. So big time matchups are planned there. Um... We'll be seeing a preview potentially of this upcoming Sunday's United States Championship match with U.S. champion A.J. Styles going up against Cedric Alexander. We'll have the Raw Finals of the King of the Ring Tournament as it'll be Samoa Joe, Baron Corbin, and Ricochet in a triple threat match. You'll also see Seth Rollins and Braun Strowman in action and uh, see them in a contract signing with Song Cold Steve Austin. And we'll see a uh, women's tag team match with SmackDown Women's Champion Bayley and Sasha Banks against Raw Women's Champion Becky Lynch and Charlotte Flair. Uh, that should be a very fun matchup there between all four of the horsewomen tag team contest on Raw. So that's what's to come on Monday Night Raw tonight. And of course on SmackDown Live, the big thing that's going to be taking place this week is The Undertaker will be in the house at Madison Square Garden tomorrow night. So that'll be a lot of fun to see. And uh, we'll probably have a contract signing for the WWE Championship match between Kofi Kingston and Randy Orton. Uh, we'll probably see Sami Zayn go one-on-one -on -one against The Miz to preview the Intercontinental Championship match that's going to be taking place Sunday. 
And then the SmackDown Finals of the King of the Ring Tournament, it will be Elias against Chad Gable. My picks for the finals are Elias and Ricochet. Um, if you would have told me three weeks ago when this tournament started that the finals of this tournament would be Ricochet and fill in somebody else, I could have believed that. Definitely. If you would have said, I believe it's going to be Ricochet and Elias. Well, y'all do realize that Elias fought Kevin Owens in the first round, right? Yeah. Well, that's what happened. So it'd be Elias against <clears throat> Chad Gable in the finals of the SmackDown side. And it'll be a triple threat match with Corbin, Joe, and Ricochet on the Raw side. Picks for the finals are Ricochet and Elias. So we'll see that in the finals this upcoming Sunday at the King of the Ring if that plays out. So there's your preview of Raw and SmackDown for the tonight along with the Clash of the Champions pay-per-view this upcoming Sunday as well. So ladies and gentlemen, we're over 30 minutes now on this podcast and uh, if you've stuck in this long, I want to Thank you all very much for tuning in to the ET Considers Everything podcast for Monday, September the 9th, 2019. It's my distinct honor and privilege to come to you all on this platform with a podcast to uh, talk about what's going on in sports locally and college and professional and to also talk about a little bit of WWE wrestling as well. So with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, Tell your friends about this podcast. Let them know that it is on Spotify, it is on Google Podcasts, it is on Apple Podcasts, wherever your podcasts are available, Pocket Cast, wherever they are available, they're there for you. I'll also be sending out a link on my Twitter to the episode here. And uh, like I said, let your friends know about this podcast and your support means the world. I try to come to y'all at least about once a week to talk about what's been going on. I've come to y'all now two of the last three days. So, had a lot to get off my mind. Lastly, last thing I will say on this podcast. We had a great UCWA event yesterday, Undisputed Championship Wrestling Alliance, known as Genesis not going to get into the results of that because the matches are not posted on YouTube yet, but let's just say a triple crown champion was named and made yesterday. I'll just leave it at that. So with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, my name is E.T. Eric Tyler Mullins. This has been the ET Considers Everything podcast for Monday, September 9th, 2019. For now, I'm ET Eric Tyler Mullins. I will see you next time. Have a great day, everybody.